we've been talking about the verbal operants and about teaching language and somebody has written in and said my daughter's case is ASD and nonverbal. Is there a more effective way to teach her how to talk? Um, so, and you know, I, I think this is a great question because when we already are at the place where children are saying things, this this lesson that you were talking about with verbal operants uh, makes a certain amount of sense, right? But if we don't have the child speaking, speaking yet, we have to back it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and of course, I, I, I will say this, and, and you can say what you want to say too on this, but getting functional communication is the the main thing first right i mean we all want our kids to be able to talk but functional communication is really super duper important whether that means using a device or something in the beginning i don't want parents to ever think that by saying we're going to use a device it means that we're never going to get to the talking research has shown that that's not the case yeah some of our kids won't talk that's the reality it is um but it's first and foremost if your child is nonverbal, it's most important to get functional communication on board yeah and then be working towards and as far as functional communication there's um the picture exchange communication system pex it's very easy to use um and it starts right off with functional communication of helping the child to um, get their basic needs and wants met um and if you don't want to go with a a picture card kind of communication system like that normally the pictures are in a binder or something um a lot of people are now using ipads there's um something called touch chat mm-hmm. and something else called Proloquo. Those are pretty popular and can be done on tablets and iPads. So you don't have to buy like a special device where it's all that does. Yeah. You know, you could use that same iPad or device for other yeah. things too. Amazing. Um, and so definitely do that. And then whenever um, you're, is it a son or a daughter? Uh, I don't know. Um, daughter. Daughter, daughter. Um, actually communicates that way. Um, let's say she presses a button um, that asks for an apple. Um, then you would say... Apple and then give her the apple. So you're um, pairing your spoken language with it, and that's helping to build language. Yeah, and a lot of these um, <clears throat> things actually speak. Yes. So, like, if she's handing a peck, it's not going to. Right. And so you need to say, apple, okay, and then give her an apple. Um, and you're basically modeling the speech for her that goes along with it. Um, but if it's one of these devices, it can say it. It can be programmed to say it. But even so, if it says apple, and then you, when you're giving her the apple, you should probably again say apple again when you're handing it over. It can't hurt anything to do that. Um, and some research has shown that when you do this kind of stuff, it actually um, can increase language to be able to use these different systems. So I know a lot of people are afraid of using these because they think they're making a choice that yeah. their child is not going to speak and instead is going to communicate these ways. Yes. But research has shown that these actual devices and things have have actually helped to facilitate and increase speech. Yeah. So I wouldn't be afraid of that. And I think that every child deserves to be heard and have a voice. Yes. So um, we have to do something for them. But there's also procedures you can do for kids who don't speak that might be helpful to getting them to speak as well. Okay. Um, I, to, to explain why it works, it kind of helps to go back to when, when babies, when you're an infant, you're being held by your mother and she's talking to you a lot and singing to you and things like that and you're uh-huh. having touch. And so you're getting this primary reinforcement that basically most humans are born to find reinforcing when their mothers are touching them and stuff. Okay. And that's being paired with the voice. 
Right. So then what that does is it conditions the voice to become um, a, a reinforcer in and of itself. Okay. And so then that's why little children start babbling and things like that. When they hear themselves talk, it's automatically reinforcing because it's a conditioned reinforcer from when mom would hold them and caress okay. them and everything. But a kid with autism might not like to be held and have the be touched and do all those things. And so in reality, they don't ever, it never becomes a conditioned reinforcer. Okay. Speaking and such. So, so that's where it starts to unravel. So what we do is we recreate that whole thing, okay. but in a way that it is reinforcing for them. And it's through a procedure called stimulus-stimulus pairing. Okay. So what you do is you take um, something that is reinforcing to the child, do a preference assessment, figure out what they really like, um, and then engage which in is, sounds. Which is going to be very individual for the child. So we can't just carte blanche say, oh, it'll be this, because it matters. It, it has to be something that that child really likes. Yeah. And all children are different. Okay. Yeah, so let's say they love bubbles. So then what you would do is you would get bubbles out and um, you would make a sound. And it's good if the sound is an approximation of like the word. Uh -huh. So you might go bah. Okay. And then while you do bah, then you blow a bubble. So you basically are pairing the reinforcer of the bubbles with the sound bah. Okay. And you're conditioning that sound bah as possibly becoming a reinforcer in and of itself when it's heard. Okay. Okay, so what happens then is suddenly now kids start making sounds. And it's not under the control of an instruction. It's just that sounds themselves have now become automatically reinforcing, That's just like really it cool. does with the babies. And so then as soon as they start making any babbling or any sounds, reinforce it Yeah. by giving them a reinforcer right after they do it. Um, and then once you can get some, the, reliably they're making lots of sounds, then you can start working more on trying to get it um, under the control of an instruction. Okay. So then you might move into something more like say but, and then when they say but, then give them the reinforcer. Whereas right. in the beginning, you're going but and giving the reinforcer automatically okay. right when you're saying but. Okay. Later, once they're making sounds, you say say but. If they imitate you, then they get the reinforcer. Okay. Does that make sense? So now we're reinforcing that they have to speak in order to get it.